Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Today on the show, we're going to be recapping a little bit of UFC Brasilia, because it might be the last sporting event for some time, and we'll kind of project out forward to see what the UFC is going to do. I'm going to give you an update on what you should expect on the Pat Mayo Experience over the upcoming weeks, because we're still going with the regular format of the show every single day, but, you know, not a whole lot of golf or any sports on the go, so we're going to pivot a little bit to create some content that I'm pretty sure that people are going to enjoy. So... If you out there want to get into a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars, what you do, smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me what kind of show that you would like to see coming up. I mean, obviously, it could be sports-related. It might be lifestyle-related. I was thinking about having uh, a personal trainer on or a dietitian on to figure out how we can work out from home, if that's what we're going to be up to. So I'm really open to a whole lot of ideas here. I do have a gigantic idea. We're going to be diving all in on the best comedy movie of the 90s and 2000s bracket. I have an entire slate of shows set up. That will be a lot of fun, because you can re-watch the movies. That will kill time. You can listen to the show. That will kill time. A lot of boredom out there with people staying at home. When the fights ended at like 6.30 or 8.30 last night, I was like, feels like 2 o'clock at night. I still got like six hours before I go to bed here. So I know that there is a demand for content. The Pat Mayo experience is going to have it for you. So spread the show around. You see it on Twitter? Retweet it. You see it on Facebook? Share it around. And if you do all that fun stuff, I have a way for you to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about this show, and boom, you will be in that draw for a hundred DraftKings dollars. I got the winners from last week. Now, it might take you a few days because everything's kind of on like a lockdown, but hopefully the money pops up in your account soon. The winners of the $100 giveaways, Boy 94 and Nog, that's with two Gs, zero to four winners of 100 DraftKings dollars. Winners of 20 DraftKings dollars, the Chai City Bulls, Thomas Mr. 10, Murphy, Tristan Wolf, Michael Mall 06, and the winner from the UFC Brasilia show, Bank Roll Bully. Do you want to let everyone know that Cuss Corner 26 drops on Monday morning? So update your feeds. You'll find it in there then. Paul Shaughnessy is in studio with me. Cody Saftik is on the line. You guys are heroes to everybody at this point. I mean, it was one, one request before we get to all of that. Okay. Um, this dietitian show that you're talking about, yep. can we please get Cust on with said dietitian and have him like tell Cust maybe what he's doing is not the greatest? No, we need Cust thinking that like his. His diet is the diet. I mean, go back and... I mean, we're trying to try to... Diet Coke is is keto, so it's healthy. Yeah, keto-friendly. Yeah, pure cream. The healthiest (laughs) thing you can eat. Keto-friendly. But, uh, like, both of Friday's shows, uh, we did one with all of us. I did one with Davis Maddock. We're going to try to make the shows as evergreen as possible. Obviously, if UFC continues, we'll have the UFC shows Mm -hmm. that come out. uh, And those, you know, will be done after the event. We'll try to do some of these recap shows like we're doing right now. But, now, go back and check... Those shows out. Subscribe to the podcast. Give all the likes around, like in in this time, man. And just spread the word of the Pat Mayo experience. We're going to be trying to generate so much content. We can really use the help out there. To be perfectly honest with you, the people that don't know about the show want to get into it. Hey, now's the perfect time. Yeah, the people who don't really know about our operation, like me and Pat, basically just work together. There's nobody else here for the most part, so it's like we're pretty freaking quarantined as it is. Yeah, like we. I mean, I see my family and I see you. Yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about my life i I went to i don't see pat's family but no i see you yeah you see me i see my family Mm -hmm. and i see you that's about it Mm -hmm. and i mean cody you're on the line cody i actually for both of you um we're gonna run through a list of winners here who really cashed in on ufc brasilia have you ever had a twitter experience like that before cody no like I, i i honestly look at it like i've had a lot of success giving up picks in the past but for whatever reason, like it's a grind, right? There's 50 events a year and you're always trying to give out plays and you slowly build up a following. And then it just so happened that the way that things played out with this whole coronavirus situation that with all the other major sports currently out right now, that we just got a lot of added exposure. So obviously there's going to be a little more eyeballs on this fight card. Obviously there's going to be a little more people that want to play MMA DFS for the first time. And then because of that, it's like I had all these people looking at it and then we crushed a seven fight parlay and we gave away, you know, tons of solid DK plays. 
in the end, it was just like it was a good weekend to come through. Now, mind you, and we talked about this before we the show came on air right now, like we've actually been on a three-week heater, but it just doesn't <laughs> compare to this one because yeah. of the amount of extra exposure that was on it. So it's it's very nice to have people. I hope that they have a real ex- realistic expectation. But again, like I'm confident in our abilities and – you know, Paul and I have been doing the show for six years. Like we know what we're doing and it's just, uh, it, it's awesome that people are jumping on board and, and want to give it a try. Cody, Cody like went absolutely nuclear. Is so it- like I'm, I, here's for people who are like kind of new to the show. It's like, I have like my odd, like be a Malecki. It's just like, yo, that's a, that chick's way bigger than the other one. Yeah, like, You showed me, you, I got you literally takes- showed me a picture of the two of them standing next to each other. You're like, that one's the underdog. I was like, the one who's like three times the size. Like, yeah. yeah. Now, now that was a gross <laughs> fuck fight. And we talked about it on the show, but like, yeah. And the really what ended up happening is that. Veronica Macedo to break the distance. She just had to co- cover so much territory getting in and out of the pocket. She got exhausted against a much bigger fighter. So, like, I'm good at doing that. But, like, a lot of the times I'm just like, who am I to, to, tell, Cody. to tell Cody the GOAT? My, in my opinion, I've been saying on the show for years, Cody is the GOAT. There are other people out there who are very, very good and everything like that. But, like, I see Cody's winning tickets and like he fucking crushes it well, very very regularly so being so i like the fact that cody's finally getting the recognition that i believe that he should have had all along so um i i, I don't want to speak at a school on this cody but as someone who gives out picks that are like losing picks like i never want to put my picks behind like a paywall because people can either choose to follow me or not choose to follow me but like if jeff or i hit a golf winner it's awesome to see everyone win that's sort of the fun in it like yeah it's not, i'm not a professional gambler so if i win that's a nice boost for me and it's great to see everyone else win. I talked to Cody. I was like, Cody, you kill this uh, in terms of picks. Maybe you should put your picks behind a paywall. Cody, what did you tell me? Yeah, just it's not who I am. Like, ultimately, I want to give out people free picks. I want to help people. And, and it's like I tweeted out yesterday about Paul and I show. Like, the difference between a tout and the difference between us is a tout tells you, yo, play this guy. You have to pick this guy. I'm telling you, this is who I'm playing. This is who Paul and I are agreeing on. And if people want to back that, then by all means, but I, I don't feel the need to ask people for $20, $30, $50 for my play of the week, my lock of the week. When it's like, man, I'm looking at my own bankroll. I know that I hit those plays as well. I, I don't need to profit any additional money off the fans. Like ultimately I know these are all that, like you said, right. When you hit a golf play and people tweet you like, that's the most gratifying thing is when somebody from England or somebody who's got a wife and two kids and somebody messages you and like, Oh, you know what? I watched this for the first time or, or maybe they've been a long time follower of the show. And like you get a lot of people like, again, I've got 300 new followers over the last day and a half, but what about the 2,900 people that have been with me for a long time? Right. What about those people that like help Paul and I grind up right from the get go. Right. So I would never say, Hey, thanks for all that support over the years, helping us get to where we are. And now I'm going to charge you, 10 20 dollars like it's just it's not who i am so i just love being able to give away those picks and have people profit and have people enjoy that and i know your platform is very much the same thing like you're putting out tons of content and you're not telling people like hey you're not going to get my master's play unless you give me this additional money like we also sell entertainment we don't sell anything quite frankly but like we're giving people entertainment we don't want to be one of those shows that just it's two guys well, we have Bia Malecki. She stands five foot nine. She's taking on Veronica Macedo, <laughs> who is five foot four. It's like we're not those people, man. Like we're two buddies. No. Paul and I have known each other for a very long time. We went to college. In college, they'd be like, "Well, basketball, hey, talk about hockey." hockey. We'd, we'd squeak in that. Yeah, we'd squeak in that extra forty-five minutes to just him and I talk MMA. And like he says, you know, maybe he. I hope he doesn't, but I guess if he's looking at it like, oh, Cody's coming on and giving the information, I'm just facilitating. Like, I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, yo, it's me, one of my best friends, shooting shit about MMA. And a lot of the time, like, I get all these ideas in my head, but he he, he pushes it back on track and, like, you know, narrows it in. Like, if I'm passionate about a Krylov, he can tell me it's a bad idea, but, like, I'm going to roll with it. But, like, there's a lot of other occasions where, as we're talking about it, you can see the wheel spinning in my head, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck that. I'm off of it. Like, he helps me incredibly. So yeah. it's not a one-man operation. Like, we do this together. And and you, Pat, uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but, like, when Bookie Beatdown closed down, it's like, where do we do this thing? Like, do we do we make a Patreon and charge money? I don't want to do that. But, like, what other avenue do we possibly have to, like, keep this thing going? And you stepped up and you p- provided that as a, as a platform for us to do our show. So, I mean, I'm eternally grateful to both you guys, and I consider us a team. So let's do this. 
The fucking Robin Hood of MMA. Well, I mean, Cody put it a bit more magnanimous when he told me last night. He's like, why the fuck would I want to charge people pennies when I'm rolling in dough winning these bets? Well, he, said, he said that very humbly there. Yeah. Just like, I'm looking at my returns, and I'm very happy with those. Yeah, I, so. I, don't, I don't need the pennies from the grind. Yeah. Uh, but no, but like, your picks are actually good enough to put behind a wall. The reason that I don't, I would do it. My picks suck, so. I mean, if I tried to go tout, which I wouldn't because I don't know if I'm good enough, I, I love having Cody to bounce all of my ideas off of and i usually don't make plays until i talk to, to cody. cody i'll come in there with ideas and then when he was like he was on board with being luckily i'm like fuck yeah all right like getting the cody vote of confidence uh definitely helps uh helps me in my process for so, sure so at paul shag on twitter at cj saftik on twitter the dogger pass podcast if ufc continues to go which is a topic we're going to get to here in a second we'll get to the winners uh, uh yeah well get to the winners People I'll get are, to the winners. People, people want to hear their names? People want to hear their fucking names. Okay. There so, are a lot of them. So here's what happened. So you guys did your show last week for UFC Brasilia. A lot of people tuned in. Then a lot of people tuned in on Friday's live show. Cody called in for about 10 minutes, uh, cussed, kept his mouth shut so we didn't curse anything. That was very good of him. And we talked through, oh, a, few, solid. We talked through a few of the plays. So you gave us three underdogs. They all won. I bet each of them individually and parlayed them together. So that was 10 and a half to one. And then you gave us like eight fights you were like kind of in on. And the last one, not KH Lee, Kevin Lee was the last one. The guy who lost the main event. But you were like, I don't feel very good about it because he missed the weight. So I, we gave it out on the show. We gave the eight fight parlay. We got super lucky when that guy drew with the 10-8 round. Yeah. At the very end. But like, yeah, that's what Yaya, Yaya does that. Yaya. Classic. I, I think Barzola totally could have won that fight, but like we yeah. kind of said on our show beforehand, it's like this guy never really fights the game plan that you think he should. So like he was getting invested in like the grappling exchanges against a guy who's so good at jujitsu. It's like all the times that you're like, oh, Barzola should just take this guy down repeatedly. He doesn't shoot for one for the first seven and a half minutes. I was still on him in DK and like he would have... He would have pulled out, uh, but uh, but yeah, Yaya basically once he gets through two rounds, he always basically just starts, you know, flopping to his back, trying to grab legs. Like he's he's a fish out of water, and he just tries to hold on. And he was able yeah, to hold no, on. Luckily, we got that ten eight to push everything. That was well, dude, you, in this game. You got to exactly get lucky it. sometimes, right? You got to have things to have big nights like we just. Of course, had. there's a ton of luck involved, but yeah, you need you need things to break right, and they definitely did break right. Yeah, things broke right there in that fight. I mean, because I think breaking it down is like, okay, Yaya's going to have a good first round. He's got a very limited gas tank, but he's one of these guys that has good grappling, high ring IQ. He'll figure out a way to grease out that first round. Then he'll tire Barzola, take it into a wheelhouse. Thing is, Barzola took a little too long. He won the last minute of the second round, but he took nine minutes to get going. Yep. So now we're down two. It's like, shit, we're going to need a finish. But not, not to sound like conceit or anything, but a minute into that third round, I knew we were getting a draw. Because I figured Yaya wasn't going to get finished, even though Barzola was going to pound on him. And he was just done. If you look between rounds, between the second and third round, like his corner's trying to talk to him, and he's done. Like, he's already done. But they tell him, just go to half guard. Because half guard, you're not going to take that much damage. You can just stall it out. And we're going to try to... Same thing we did against Masahori Kanahara way back in the day. Win first two rounds and flop over and die. But win the decision. But Barzola just starts smashing. And now I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get a draw. But maybe if he keeps putting it on him, we can get a finish. Yeah. And I was really hoping, like, I know it was in Brazil, but there was no fans, there was no bias, and a draw was the real, like, that was a legit decision because I, I had Yaya up too. But one guy had Barzola winning that second round on the basis of Yaya didn't do much in the second, Barzola put it on him. So I don't think we were off on that play. He wasn't a great price tag. We had him earlier in the week on the show at 185. He went off to, like, 225. Um, but, yeah, again, you're going to need some bounces here and there, and I, I would have taken that draw happily on that one because I did think we needed either a 10-8 or a finish in the third. Yep. So, so the the draw took the parlay down from like 98, 98 to one to like fifty to one or something like that or whatever it was, uh, but it kept the parlay alive, which yeah. was the big thing. And then the next six, like the six fights, all won going into the main event. And then talking to you on Friday and when Cody was on on Friday, which I now credit to be the most profit for se per second mm. the show has ever produced. That you guys just <laughs> Kevin Lee, you were just like eh, kind of thing. I missed weight, so it's like you already. He's had a, he's had struggles with this before. It's like he comes in, misses weight, and then he peters out in round three. It's like 
kind of exactly how that played out. So we were uneasy about him. Either way, like if he had won that fight, especially on DraftKings, like if he had won that fight, he was already at 43 and a half points in that round three. He got 43 and a half points in a loss. If he ends up winning that fight. Oh, he breaks the slate. You, you have you to have him. basically. Because yeah. he was 80, like in our, in our uh, season long, uh, Brett runs a great low pool, uh, Brett Apley. Um, the DFS championships or the MMA championship or whatever it's called. MMA World Cup. Um, he was like 82% owned. So that's like all the DFS sharps. Like that's like, it's a shark tank. Basically all the good players are kind of in there and 80%. I think he was owned like 60% in most contests, but like 80, almost yeah, 83% owned in that contest alone. So it was an easy hedge for me. Like uh, when I got into this, I already hit the dog parlay for over 10 to one. I can hedge out on Oliveira for 30 to one. Like What's it, what's a reasonable expectation of what you want to win going into a night? If you tell me that, hey, I'll guarantee you a thirty to one winner right now, I'm gonna take it. Yeah, everybody would. Yeah, uh, not yeah, everyone of, did. <laughs> no, no, some people like to let it ride. That's called a gambling addiction. When you know you can have guaranteed <laughs> money, or you can let it ride and double that money, it's just like why not take the guaranteed money? I think there's a difference between between saying I'll cash out of this parlay and make a hundred dollars and if I let it ride, it might make a thousand dollars. Like what can you really do with a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars? It'd be nice to have in your pocket. Like again, in that regard, but that that's, that's the key thing that people got to realize about Kevin Lee and Charles Oliver, right? As, as good as Paul and I were giving away our picks, right? You got to consider it's like, how much do I like Krylov? Well, I'm actually also just fading Johnny Walker. I don't think Johnny Walker's ain't good. How much do we like Bia Malecki? But she's not very good. But the thing is, Veronica going to say was half her size. Not very good. Uh, you know, fading, fading Damian Maya, he's a world-class talent, but he's 42 years old, right? John McDessie, like, are you fucking kidding me? John McDessie, like, <laughs> of course we're going to fade this guy. So we're we're picking, we're, we're fading a guy that's just like, th- this guy is going to lose the fight, and the fighter that we're choosing has got the skill set, and we do believe that he's going to be able to to get the victory. When you look at Charles Oliver and Kevin Lee, like, those are top top five guys in the world. Like, they're both mm-hmm. extremely talented. You're not fading either one. You're giving your opinion on who you think is going to win. And it, it's tough to go on to a preview show and say, hey, bet these guys and not talk about the main event. People always want to know about the main event. So you have to give your two cents on the main event. And, and my two cents was I, I thought Kevin Lee would be able to get it done before he ran out of gas. Turns out he wasn't be able to get it done before he ran out of gas. And again, Charles Oliver is such a dynamic striker now. And his, his so jiu-jitsu is on another level. He's a different guy than he used to be, too. And, yeah, he's filled out his frame so much, yeah. and like he, he's really—he was always a strong guy, but I mean, he—he he presents a lot of interesting variables for all the top guys in the world. Kevin Lee, who is a top guy in the world but has struggled with inconsistency, it, it was no different. So it's an easy hedge out. It wasn't like we were fading Charles Oliveira and being like, "You can't take a punch." It's just like, man, this is gonna be a really crazy fight. You know, people have asked me who I got. I got Kevin Lee, but the smart move on it was to pass all together, and because he happened to be on a parlay at the end of the night. And you can easy hedge out on the opponent who was underdog money. Uh, it was a no-brainer, right? Yeah, just looking at it, I think it was minus 125 and plus 110 by the time the fight actually went off. Like, if you're getting dog money on your parlay, it's not even like you cut your parlay in half. You still get more than half of what the actual hedge out is going to be. And it's at minus 125 and plus 110 is a coin flip, essentially. It's yep. just a coin flip with VIG. So if I can either flip a coin or just take my money, I'm going to take my money. But Absolutely. To quote Millhouse, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? That time is now. So <laughs> here are the people. I added it all up between people who screenshotted us, winnings of parlays and DraftKings, private messaging, people coming my, to you. My menchies, as Tim Andercuss would Blew say, up. Never have never been more... Uh... Never, I've, they've never been that busy. It, it, well, it's funny because all the focus was on you guys, uh, at least within like you know, the fans of the show, within the community. People just wanted to get action down on this. Uh, it's reminded me a lot of when Jeff and I hit Willow at the Masters. It was the first year we had done the show. The Master Show was the first show that anyone like really got into, and we gave away a triple digit winner. And then since then, people have been super gung-ho on Jeff and I's golf picks. Mm-hmm. So people tuned into you guys, and I added it up. Over $100,000 won by viewers of this show. <laughs> so Unreal. That's awesome to hear. That's fucking amazing. Shout-outs to some people out here. Brad Brzezinski uh, won 2,400 pounds. That's way more than dollars. Uh, on, a, I believe, a five-fight parlay and turned 83 into 583 on DraftKings. That's a good night. Kyle Riv sent us the sheet. Of like eight separate two, three, and four fight parlays, just different round robins and combinations. City on all these parlays, every single fight on the card. I mean, he took like the the three dogs. Yeah, he took the three dogs and like yeah, the seven, eight picks that Cody was big on, and just I think he was on Oliveira too. 
um, which yeah, that was perfect. his lunch up all of them as well. Like he just absolutely, I, I don't know how much he won, but it looked like a lot. Fred Shipley, 133 into 560 on DK. Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage, 12 into 145. Our boy, Brian Reese Miller. Woo! He, he makes all those fun. Oh, yeah. He makes, makes all, all the fun gifts and All the gifts like for that. Cust. Uh, he won the 20K Sprawl, won himself a quick love it two thousand dollars ryan dove won two won the 2k flying knee that was good for 175 bucks peter b hard turned twenty dollars into fourteen hundred and seventy one dollars on a six fight parlay and then he won the ten thousand dollar axe kick for another thousand dollars on DraftKings. not a bad day at the office schmex mix hit his five fight parlay and cash on seven of his ten lineups that he put in daniel antwine turned seven dollars and sixty five cents into sixty one dollars and one cent. That's pretty good ROI. Pretty good ROI. That's not bad. Nine to one ROI. And he's well, he's playing like the ten cent contest, the forty cent contest, and those people have so many people in them. Well, let's that's go. hard to turn a profit Absolutely. on those. Nice bankroll builder, our boy Riku, who the six thousand dollars is the lucky number for him. When he hits a golf winner, it's always out to six thousand dollars. And he's won like four so far this year. So what does he do? Doesn't know anything about MMA. Listens to you guys. Puts it in a contest. He splits the fourteen k title fight on DK for. $6,000. Not a bad day yep. at the office. Um, oh, yeah. Gorgantua? Our boy. Retweets yeah, everything. Big time. Big time fan. Long time fan of the show. That one, Thank I really... You. I loved seeing him uh, being up there. Sorry to cut you off. He came was... second in the 15K leg sweep. That was good for $1,500. Shout out to him. Chopping blockchain turned 19 bucks into 201 Another longtime fan. Ian, 24 into 150 And he said he just listened right before the card started and hit the time codes of your guys' show. <laughs> that was an effective strategy this week. Uh, Jay had never played UFC before, and he turned his 20 into 55 So you're over doubling your money. Not bad for something you don't know about. Ben Crassley entered one lineup for $3. Walked away with 127. Ime turned 69, nice, into $760, even nicer. Richard Daniels turned 30, thir- turned 34 bucks on DK into 700. And then we have the big ones. Moses listened to the pod in the morning because he needed to get action down. <laughs> then he shipped the 40k throwdown and won himself $10,000. No and, big deal. No big deal. And uh, less of a bigger deal. A guy who threatened to say if I took you guys off the air, he'd burn me with cigarettes. DFS wins Moses at, with the burning bush. At, at DFS wins on Twitter. Won 50K. 50 G's, baby! 50 G's. That's a big day at the office. 50 G's, baby. The big one. The big one. Between DK and Betty, I won like 2,000 bucks. Man, it was great. Yeah, a lot of people will be Think like, about- oh, they only do this type of stuff to like promote their shows. It's like, no, me and Kelly have been doing this for years. Like, we legit actually love when are like people who listen to us and yeah, win money like this, this is great this helps people in their life it's a tough time for a lot of people right now so a little bit of extra money in the bank it's like we yeah they're all winning we were all winning i had a great night cody clearly had a great night you had a great night like jet, jet bay texted me he had a great night that was to be perfectly honest like everything really I fell would into say place so. was awesome Think about think about last weekend and what uh, Zhang Wailei and Joanny jo- and Jacek had to endure to get a fifty thousand dollar part of the night yeah. bonus. <laughs> think about that, man. Did you see Joanna's face? <laughs> Yo, I saw. Yeah, I saw the pictures of him today. Like what it looked like now, and it's just like, oh my god! I thought it was makeup at first, but uh, yeah, that's that's what fifty thousand dollars will run you. And so, it's the best place to make fifty thousand dollars is from the comfort of your own home, watching that. Absolutely. This this is true. So let's talk about what's going on with the UFC going forward here. So UFC London was set up for this week. That ain't going no more. And then the Columbus card and the Portland card were supposed to be moved to Vegas, but Vegas put a kibosh on everything that's going on. But Dana White is still out there trying to find Vegas ways. Vegas did not necessarily put the kibosh. I th- they, there I th- was I- reports from some reporters oh, okay. that got that. And then uh, Bob Bennett, who works for the uh, NSAC, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission said that they're going to make a decision on March 25th. So there's probably some some greasing of the wheels, if you will. Okay, so that was um, that wasn't fellas, official. Fellas, like, fellas, fellas. There's a, there's Dana a possibility White. that it happens at the apex. Dana still, White runs Las Vegas. 
Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's why I said there's there's wheels getting grease. That's why like they kind of backtrack. They're like, all right, let's see how much Dana's willing to pay to get these things to go on. We'll 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 let them uh, run run. It it is their property. I don't know. There's 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 also there's also like a history of this where it's like, oh man, UFC or MMA is not regulated. It's like Nevada steps up to the plate because Lorenzo Vertita is on the board, right? And his family donates a lot of money. He's on the the Nevada State Athletic Commission board. Okay. MMA is now legal in, in Vegas. And since then, or in Nevada. And then since then, it's just like, man, it's their premier location. They spend a ton of money on the economy. And think about it. John Jones has a failed drug test. Oh, no. Uh, what are we going to do? They're not going to allow him fight. It's to just fight like, in they California. don't mind. Let's go to Vegas. They don't mind moving in an entire event yep. to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Because Las Vegas will let them do what the fuck they want. Yeah, and it, it's like they're set up. So I think that even if Vegas says, okay, boys. What we'll do for you is you can't go into a stadium. You can't go into a, well, not stadium. You can't go into any like large venue because we're trying to do this less than 500 people in a, at a gathering kind of thing. Maybe Nevada puts a rule like that in place, but they're definitely going to allow the UFC staff and the fighters in their corners to go to the apex and, and fight there. Uh, and, and again, when we go back to like, well, why, why is it worth all the trouble? Like they've got to redirect all these flights and like, do you know why he went through all that trouble to save the John Jones fight? Because there was mind to be like, first and foremost, this guy's all about making money. He didn't sell the UFC and not retain a staking interest in it. He has an interest and he's in the interest of making money. And that's exactly what this is going to come down to. And, and I think they're going to proceed with it. The card will be changed. So it's hard for me to say, you know, yeah. tape study, this guy, tape study. Like, like I got to kind of wait to see what happens. Cause I got a feeling it's going to be a lot of local guys. I got a feeling if you, or a four-in-one fighter at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas, you are damn, I'm fighting the UFC, you know? If you are local and you know how to throw hands, you are getting a fight. Man, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be guys under roster. And I think they'll go ahead with just, like, watered-down versions of what they're already doing. Yeah, Helwani tweeted out something about, like, UFC, quote-unquote, London, obviously not taking place in London. But it was like an email sent out from the UFC to like managers and whatnot. Yeah, you need to be like, you need to have a work visa and be in the country They're already. Like basically, basically, yeah, if you're in America and have a winning record, like, call us up. You're in. So slip into our DMs. So, I mean, a lot of people seem to have a problem with this. So, all of the other sports leagues are shut down. And then you have a lot of people going after Dana White, like, this is irresponsible to keep this going. But I think about it. And he's not forcing anyone to fight. The fighters are saying, we want to fight. And I'm sure, especially if they can do it at their own facility. So you have your crew. You can test everyone off-site. If everyone passes the test, then they're not infected. They can come in. They can work if they want to. You're Mm -hmm. not forcing anyone to do it. I think that has to be the big part of it, that you're not telling people that they have to work to put themselves into danger about this. So if they're at game, and the fighters are game, and they all pass the test, and you have complete control of this facility... The biggest thing between the UFC right now and all of these other sports is there are so few people. Like, the amount of people that it would take to stage one of these productions in an empty arena between the fighters, the management team, the cameramen, the director, the producer, is like the amount of people that play per week on the PGA Tour. That's not including caddies or people doing shot tracker or cameramen or the entire production team. If we talk about the NCAA tournament, now you have 64 teams of players, entire crews, announcers, everything like that. The UFC is so small in terms of what it needs to put on for a production it's realistically the only one of these things can actually get away with this and somewhat do it safely i think and because and they don't care and they have well and as cody alluded to it when he was talking a second ago like there's a history here of like they weren't allowed to fight anywhere so like dana's going back into like his early roots where it's just like they had to like go state to state there were people calling it human cockfighting and stuff and so like they're used to like not being accepted. Um, here's here's yeah, kind of sports gun like that. Yeah, like yeah, like John Mc, John McCain was calling for it to be like banished, never allowed again. Like that was he was waging war against it years ago. And now it might be in like Olympic New York sport. didn't yeah. allow it until like three years ago. Like it was not allowed in the state of New York until three years ago. Like this is this is kind of the history of the sport. I'll say this is just like if any of this stuff gets canceled, like. I completely understand. <laughs> I completely understand. Every other sport is canceled. It is what it is. But let me tell you, if there are fights on, we will be here making selections on fights, <laughs> betting on fights. I'm weak. I'm weak. I need my fix. And the UFC is the only show in town. I'm here, sorry. But here's the thing, though. If people are saying, like, you know, the outrage people for all of this, 
fine. Be outraged. Like, mm-hmm. you have your voice in all of this, and you don't understand why this is going on. That's fine. But don't also be the person who's fucking outraged than the person going to bet the card yeah. on the weekend, too. Like, just pick pick a side on this. Like, if people are willing to do this, and they can do it safely, and if you're Dana White, you see, there's nothing else on. I'm very curious to know what the ratings were for I, UFC Brazil. I think on Instagram, he quote tweeted a screen grab of trending on Twitter and just put a smiley face because UFC UFC Brasilia was the number one trending thing on Twitter. But but Cody, like you've worked in UFC combat sports. You currently work for the Fight Network, which does all of this stuff. And you've known the history of Dana White. Like has there ever been a better like he's made the UFC basically out of nothing and made it into a mainstream style sport. But it's still the same as golf and NASCAR in the pantheon of American sports when people look at it. If he can continue to put on fights when there's nothing else going on, like obviously he sees the opportunity where this can take the UFC to a new level and just create new fans, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the benefit of the UFC is like what took the UFC to these unprecedented heights? You know, maybe it was right place, right time, and then, you know, people finally had an appetite for this. But, like, Dana White's a massive part of the company's success. Like, he himself is a bigger star than 98% of the roster. If there was a lineup to meet, you know, a top five guy in the UFC or meet Dana White, like, most people are going to go see Dana White. Like, he's kind of like a cultural figure in, in that sense. But here's his advantage is that, like, he's not a politically correct guy. So he's not Roger Goodell or Gary Bettman who have to, answer to a board of directors who are saying, hey man, my arena's shut down so we can't play and you gotta do something about it. He's a guy that when Loretta Hunt called him out, he goes online being like, you fucking cunt, you bitch, and like, this is the president of a major company, and he's just he has no filter, he does what he wants, right? So if people come at him and say, hey man, you gotta put a stop to this, he can just say, fuck you, which is essentially what he's doing right now, and there's nothing different. It's just Dana. That's what you've come to expect, right? It wouldn't be like Dana. another sports organization where that's a major story. Dana tells a reporter to go fuck themselves. Like, imagine Roger Goodell tells someone to go fuck himself. Like, that's front page news. They're like, Dana, that's just like another Tuesday afternoon. I so mean, yeah. he can just, he can be the lightning rod and take all the flack, whatever. Yeah, and when the thing gets cleared up in a month from now, and a lot of people are like, you know what? I appreciate it that the UFC kept on because in these troubling times where I didn't have anything to do, I watched fights. I had something to do. You know what? When, when eventually this thing does pass over and, you know, God only knows what the situation is going to turn into, but eventually, you know, human rights will prevail. We will beat this thing. And if we look back and said, oh, geez, you know, he stuck it out where a lot of people didn't. And, you know, there might be an appreciation at the end of the day. It's just he's got to stick in it along. And, and okay, what Paul's saying is 100% correct as well. If they said, yo, we're not doing this, like, I do completely understand that as well. But what, what you were saying, Pat, like, hey, maybe 100 people between all the fighters, there's 12 fights on the card. There's 24 fighters, right? You give them each a corner man. Maybe you give them two corner man. We're looking at 75 people. We've got a 25-person production team, including, you know, our officials and all that. Okay, we've got 100 people in the building, right? Is that any, is that any less safe than going to the grocery store where there's a 200 people? Like, is it, is it am I, do I have more of a chance of contracting something, going to the Apex Center where everybody's been tested? Everyone's getting tested. Or tests, going to the Walmart. Then- going to the Walmart where there's 350 people fucking stocking up on supplies and none of them have been tested. So what's actually a safer situation? And so if he sticks it out, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. So I think what you were saying, Paul, is that if you, you everyone's getting tested, you have to, you have to be able to test them and know the results of that first. And I think that's where it goes. Cause if this goes the other way and then a whole bunch of people contract it because of this, it's going to be really bad for them. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big risk and you're risking, endangering the health of people, which is not great. I, I would say the difference between 100 people going to a fight card and doing this at the Apex Center, where you can basically, that's like a mini quarantine if everyone is safe. Because they can all, they have access to allow in and out. So if you know that everyone doesn't have it, you can quarantine based people basically in there. And then when the fights are over, you can go like sweep it and make sure that it's not around. I think that's how this works. I'm not a scientist. No. I assume that they have yeah, no, tests I, for this. But there's going to be so much money behind this, not just from the UFC. ESPN seems to be fine with it. Like, hey, content, perfect. <laughs> and you don't think that the sports books are fucking lining up for this. The amount like, of the, the amount of money going on. Like, the amount of money, like you talked about, that's going to cost to get this thing overturned is going to happen. Yeah, the live betting market last night, like usually, I, usually it's a lot softer when there's basketball and hockey. Like they had their best line maker on last <laughs> night. I only was able to like live bet. I got Trinaldo by decision after round one. 
Um, the line one isn't even up, like it was like minus 125 or something. That was like the only live bet I got in on. Usually there's like multiple mistakes, easy, like great spots. It's like the, the, there was obviously so many more eyeballs on it. They had their best live odds maker on the ball. Like it was, it was a little bit, a little bit harder than your usual uh, fight night card on a Saturday night. Right, right. And think about that, right? So Nevada is a state that's essentially based on gambling. So they're not closing their casinos down. What's more dangerous, a casino or the Apex Center with 100 people in it? Like, I, I think ultimately they'll make the decision of like, ah, you know what, the books are still making money. People are still making some money here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to keep this rolling. I can't see them being the reason that they kibosh it. The reason that it would get kibosh is like Pat said, is that they take some local fighter, last minute replacement, he comes on the card and he gets fucking half a dozen people infected. And then yeah. those people in turn spread it. And then it, it, it's an issue. But like, again, so my stance yeah, on not, it let's is not get uh, Quan Townsend on this one. eh? with his, uh, with his yeah, fentanyl yeah, metabolites, yeah. who else, who, who knows what else he's sharing. Right. But, but speaking of that, right. So my girlfriend works at the uh, native women's resource center in downtown Toronto. So she's in downtown Toronto and Ontario is obviously the spot that seems to have the most infections as far as Canada goes. And she's right downtown. She deals with these people on a day-to-day basis that are homeless, that are off the streets, they're drug addicts, they're prostitutes, they're victims of human trafficking. Her work's not shut down. She's got to go there and she's got to be exposed to these people and deal with them, right? Because it's a service and like life has to go on. So if she gets exposed to somebody, she don't know. She comes home. I'm exposed to it. Now I'm infected. I didn't do anything. I self-quarantined. I'm hanging out at home having a beer. I didn't do anything wrong, but I got infected. So, like, that situation is just as random as somebody getting infected at the UFC Performance Institute. The benefit they have is that they're all being tested, whereas we aren't being tested. And I would think, like, the best place to have a heart attack is, you know, at an event because there's paramedics there. Like, in this case, it's like they're going to be more on top of it because it's an issue and they're going to take all their precautions and we're less on top of it because we're just the general public. We don't know. We're not getting tested. We don't have an idea. You could be infected for two weeks and I know these guys would know. They would know, geez, you've been infected for three days or Hey, geez, you've been infected for, you know what I mean? Like you're, they're going to have more information available to them. So if anything, you know, one of the reasons I'm thinking they should keep going is I think in the same with horse racing, horse racing is still going. They closed down the grandstand. They said fans can't go to the grandstand, but they're still going to put the product up on TV and now TSN's interesting in coming and picking it up because they need the content. It's a good for business, but at the same time, like there's not been one single outbreak on Woodbine Entertainment Group property. None of the racetracks have had one single outbreak. So is it fair to say we're going to close down all the racetracks because everybody else is closing when we have not seen one single? Or do you wait for that one? Problem is if you wait for that one and then this thing is really a big issue then it's like oh you waited too long but i also think it's fair to say we're going to ride this thing out until it becomes an issue and then we'll deal with it when that time comes as well we're taking this shit out to international waters so dead so here, at some point here, here were my ideas on if vegas doesn't allow them tatum. to go the uh yeah you have dredrick tatum versus a monkey with a knife that's going to be what ufc like 275 or something 249 like. yeah khabib versus tony's taking place on a boat so all these cruise ships. Yeah, yeah for sure. There, there's a lot of empty cruise ships going around right now. Just, I mean, I don't know. I but, mean, they are like known for being the number one spreader of. I mean, you get someone on there to clean it off, you know, or just Dana's yacht, or the people that actually like own the UFC, the Macau guys. You know, they have like mega yachts or something like uh, that. WMEIMG. I'm sure there's plenty yeah, like, well, of get, investors. Get that the yachts own over yachts here. Get the too. broadcasting equipment out. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but that's a thing. Or you could do it. I mean, the, yeah, we're not doing it. Dana's doing it, and we just want to be here to bet on it. Yeah. If if, if somehow they pull it off, we'll, we will be here. Um, you could do it like WrestleMania two, where you hold it in a bunch of. You can have like six fighters in like three different cities and the card is just between like isolated locations so if a hundred people is too many to have at one facility good idea actually maybe you break it down to like 30 at each facility and really kind of knock it down if you can have the broadcast feeds going out like i know with my time working on the olympics that the canadian olympics coverage uh most of those announcers aren't actually on site they just get a video feed of it. Mm-hmm. They have a little headset on, and they're doing the commentary from, like, the office. Yep. So you can really kind of spread it out that way. So that's one that could work. Uh, or you can just move it to a place that there are no coronavirus outbreaks <laughs> yet. So I have a list of places here. You ready for this, Cody? Yeah, oh, yeah. So it seems to be that most of the places, and this is as of Sunday, so I don't know, and I don't know how great the uh, testing is in uh, 
Eritrea or Laos. Nigeria, Nigeria has none, right? Nigeria. I don't know if we're going to Eritrea with this. No, what I'm, the, but a lot of the places we'll that don't there, have it. I think. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the biggest that's concern. Pirate season. Well, if you go to international waters for these fights, like that's who's going to shut you down. Pirates. Yeah, I'm the captain. No, now. no. <laughs> <laughs> he has to beat whoever the champ is. Somebody takes Dana's job. Yeah, so I think the most logical thing, if you were to actually do this and move this to a remote location, the Caribbean seems to be the best spot. You have low populations of people. It's super hot out. And tax havens. Tax havens, but it also seems to be very few people that live in these countries. So, like, Bahamas, Barbados, Belize. If all these places are, like, clean for the most part, I mean, that's not an outrageous option. And they would have the infrastructure to broadcast this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's has there my... been any outbreaks in has there been any outbreaks in alaska i don't know that's interesting i i'd be going there it's too cold for the disease yeah, to survive or... first off no, I, I thought all you... you need is your u.s visa you can fly well here, here's my misunderstanding about the entire thing there's no pirates either i thought it was the heat kills it and the cold keeps it going i might be completely off oh, base shit. with that but that's how i thought it worked i thought heat was like bad for the virus I don't know. I'm not a scientist, yeah. man. But anyway, any way to make this safe, if you can pull it off safely, the biggest danger is not only, like, if there's an outbreak, there's an outbreak. If they say they tested everyone, they say they tested everyone. The thing is, if you have one of these last-minute fighters and the test doesn't come back, but they put this idiot on the card anyway, yep. that's where the real problem is. Like, if the fight card has to be, and I, I feel, I mean, this wouldn't be a great DraftKings card. And DraftKings would just you know kind of be shit out of luck on this one, which sucks yeah, for us, five, obviously. If it was like a five person. If it's a if it's a five fight card, like what do you do? We may end up in that situation, but because there's going to be lots of people who don't want to fight, and good on them. If you don't want to fight, you, you don't have to. Absolutely. And no one's holding it against you that you don't absolutely want to. Absolutely not. No. So by no, a vol- but some but there's going to be somebody chomping at the bit to take your place if you don't want to. Yep. But as long as but even if it becomes a four fight card or a five fight card, whatever it is, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook is happy. The books are happy. Fans are happy. They have something to bet on. And it's not even just something to bet on. Something to fucking watch. Like, people are at home, like, legit bored. Because they're doing the right thing by staying at home. It was, like, seeing, like, MMA kind of go from, like, the ugly stepsister to, like, Cinderella overnight has been has been pretty hilarious, to be perfectly honest. And seeing all the excitement, all the eyeballs yesterday, it's just, like, it felt almost like a McGregor fight, and it was Kevin fucking Lee versus <laughs> Charles Oliveira. And listen, like, we're... We're hardcores here. We love those guys, and like we're, we're watching that shit every single week. But it was kind of crazy. Man, you just seeing the you, number you of people interested hardcore. in that shit. What's up? You think that's hardcore? Think think about this, right? So a number of people because ESPN picked up the whole card. They have no content. Instead of being like, yeah, we'll pick up the prelims after the first three or four fights, they're like, give us the whole thing. We'll take the whole thing. So there's a lot of people tuning in, never watched MMA before, mm-hmm. turn on ESPN, and they watch. Veronica Mercedo and Pia Malecki. And they were probably like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Well, but it's like, that's not MMA. Like, well, that's Although they both put it on the line. They just had limited skill set. Uh, oh yeah. It's like, oh, man, it, the sport is actually much more beautiful, I, I, I swear. Well, that, that, that's the whole kind of irony between the whole thing. Everyone was so jazzed up because they were winning bets and there was live stuff to watch on TV. They were super pumped. If this was, if all things were normal at this moment and UFC Brasilia went off on a regular Saturday night like it was supposed to, it got moved from 6 to 3 p.m. If it had been a 6 o'clock card and like the regular standard of it, everyone just would have talked about how dog shit this card was, wouldn't they? <laughs> Yeah, they would have been like, oh, man, it went to decisions. Oh, it was decisions all over the place. Oh, did Kevin Lee, what was up with that fake tap, man? I totally went to post out like that, man. It's like you would have, but all things aside, it's like, yeah, yeah, that would have been the talk. And also, like, you know, me, Paul, and two other people would have hit the parlay, and we'd be happy, and then the life would go on, you know? Like, this was just a unique situation where it's like there was way more eyeballs on the product. And then, yeah, I mean, I would love to see the final numbers and being like, was Kevin Lee and Charles Oliveira one of the most watched fights of all time? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the numbers will come back to. It was a free event, right? It wasn't like it was a pay-per-view or something and there was nothing to watch and people had to decide if they wanted to pay for it or maybe they want to try to stream it. Streaming services would have would have died right out, I assume. Like, if there was that much viewership on it, it would have probably been hard. But regardless, like, I want to see how many people actually tuned into this. And then I want to see if once this thing clears over, are there people that watch this for the first time during the next two weeks? They watch fights for the first time and then decide, hey, man, I like this. Like, 
exposing people to it, you hope that maybe, let's say, a million people watched it that wouldn't have watched it. Even if you can retain like 1% of those people to come back, 2% of those people to come back and watch your product and become fans. And it's just like, it's more than just making money in the short term, which is what everyone's looking at it like, oh, hey, man, the UFC just make, looking to make money right now because no one else can and this and that. It's beyond that, right? It's, hey, uh, this is a chance for us to, like, get all these new eyeballs and, like, increase viewership down the road. I'll tell you one thing they should do. This is, like, my last little bit on that is Dana, as greedy as they are, is they, they should be donating money. They should be doing a lot of, like, charitable stuff right now as well. They don't got to go, like fighters go visit people charitable stuff because like again you probably do want to self-quarantine just like avoid people for the next little bit but they should be they should be in a position where like hey we can still have events we're still making money we understand that the public is hurting on this let's donate money and that's going to cause people to be like you know what these guys aren't bad guys they're donating money people can't make money right now they are still in business they are still making money you got to have that positive image so horse racing the same thing right these guys uh, they're still allowed to race right now. We're still racing six days a week, so we can still make money, but there's a lot of people out of work right now. So a couple of the drivers last night were like, whatever we make, we're donating to these you know, various causes because we understand that we have a luxury of still being able to go to work, and some people are not going to make income for the next two weeks. Some people are not going to be able to afford childcare. And like, that's why I mentioned that thing on Twitter. Like, The best part about winning people money is like, I understand people are probably in a tight spot or could be in a tight spot. Or know somebody in a tight spot. So everybody likes having a little extra money in their pocket around the holidays. But this is an emergency. This is a crisis. And like you want a little extra money in your pocket right now. So all those people that you listed that you that you mentioned and all the people that didn't tweet in or all the people that didn't write in like to all of them. It's like right on, man. Like this it was good timing for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, I know my uh, like did my son's child care is now canceled for the next two weeks. So between my wife and I, we need to figure out how to watch, like we both work and we're both still working at the moment. So we need to figure out how to divvy up our time in order to make sure that he's taken care of. And you know, we really kind of had to plan it out. Like how can I continue to do content? I mean, I guess we'll just go to a night shoot. <laughs> that seems to be the easiest way I can watch the, mm-hmm. I can watch my son while she's at work or if she works like a half day mm-hmm. or works half the day from home. And, and we have that luxury. Some people don't have that absolutely. luxury and they're absolutely fucked. So you know, you know, between, I mean, I want a bunch of money and like I gave some away this morning, like people who are in need. I know there's a lot of people in this industry that are freelance writers. And if there's no sports going on, like they don't have money coming in that I, don't know, I think it's time to kind of band together a little bit and, Help each other out. I, I see nothing wrong with that, especially you know if people are winning money like this. Like this is one money. If it can help you out and you desperately need yeah. it, put it to good use. But other- this is like a next level card that we had right here. Yeah, like but- not every single week is someone. Getting no, but go- I'm not saying that. But like this did happen. Yep. So at least you know spread it around a little bit, create mm-hmm. some good vibes, help someone out. But you have some news here. Is it breaking news? Or no, no, no. News? I was just kind of go through like the card. Um, uh, what fights are seemingly off? What fights are unknown? So Leon Edwards would have had to jump on a flight. I don't know what he's done yet versus Tyron Woodley, but he's kind of he doesn't really want to do it because this was supposed to take place in London. He's from London. Tyron Woodley was supposed to be flying over there. He gives up a lot of advantage, and this is a big fight for him. If he wins this, he's probably getting a title shot. So, do you think we'll, that the fighters we'll get? Do you there. think that the fighters will get like a? Fighters that agree to do this. Because, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, and they're in the same boat as a lot of freelance writers. If fighters don't fight, they don't get fucking paid. No. So, some no, of them prob- no. so, well, they might not feel pressure from the UFC to actually be on the card. They can say, hey, you know what? You can fight or you can don't fight. Just let us know. And if you test clean through this, you can fight. But I'm sure that there is pressure on them to be like, well, fuck this. I have to go fight. I need to make money. Yeah. That that is a shitty situation, but it's a similar situation that a lot of people are dealing with. Dolby Dolby versus uh, Roberts is canceled. Kevin Holland versus Jack Marshman, canceled. Uh, unknown about Vittori versus Stewart. Jack Shore versus Geraldo DeFreitas, canceled. Mark DeCasey versus Jai Herbert, canceled. Um, Paul Craig versus Ryan Spitten, unknown uh, at this time. Gabriel Benitez versus Laurent Murphy. Benitez, that was going to be the one I wanted to play. He was plus 150 against <laughs> Laurent Murphy. Um, that was the one that, 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 that fight's been canceled. But yeah, as I go through this, it's just like over 50% of this fight card is canceled. It's just like European people who just can't get over here. Or a lot no, of them yeah, are saying, you know what? I don't want to be part of the spread of it. Yeah. I totally respect that as well. But uh, yeah, so but it, that's, that's, this, that's gonna be th- this card could be literally 
uh, pretty much like an entire full slate of like 24 fighters. Yeah, but that, but that that's Cody's game. Cody, you're going to know all these like randos that pop up on this card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like the advantage here is that like we know these fighters. And again, like as far as like the tape study goes, like I got it down. Like if you present me a fighter and you give me a few days, like I'll, I'll get the assessment on them. I'm not worried about that. What I see happening here is that because this is a card that was supposed to feature a lot of European fighters, a lot of them may not be able to come over, but all the American fighters that either a haven't flown over already or B did go over or on their way back already. All of them will probably still be on the card versus late notes replacement American fighters. So I see a lot of the European guys falling out and a lot of the late replacements coming in, taking on some of these American guys. As far as like a main event, like Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley, great main event. But we saw um, Gilbert Burns. He won last night. He won. He took no damage. He smashed through Damian Maya, and now he's campaigning for the fight against either guy. So they're going to have options. They're going to have options to say, geez, you know what? Leon Edwards, he's already such a high-ranked contender. He doesn't want to... <clears throat> he doesn't want to jeopardize his spot in line, so he's mm-hmm. saying he's out. Well, Woodley, Woodley's a former champion. Woodley made a lot of money, but Woodley doesn't got all that money still left over. He's looking to fight. Guy fights once a year, and he needs his paycheck. I don't think he needs the paycheck. That's that's probably an overstatement. He's not going to fall. He's not going to fall back on that rap career. I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> right, right. And in his TMZ career, like I'm not sure if it's paying the bills. But ultimately, like yeah, he's not desperate for money by no stretch of the imagination. I just think if they told him. You can fight and make your $200,000, and you're going to fight Gilbert Burns. And uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned this earlier or not, but like, do you see also has a history of uh, backroom bonuses, right? Like under the table, thanks for helping us out, money in your pocket, right? That'll be this. Like, if you want to fight and you're going to allow us to fill a card and put a product on uh, on air, whatever your whatever your disclosed pay was as far as the commission knows, like you know they're going to get a little extra money in their pocket for stepping up. And a lot of these guys that. If you're in the UFC, how and Paul can definitely talk about this, but how many times do you see these guys in the UFC are begging for a fight? And these guys are like top rank contenders, or or they're just in the division. But like these guys want to fight three, four times a year. And the UFC is providing them with one or two fights a year, and they just want to go. And all my fighter friends, these guys, they're fighters, man. They will want to fight. They'll take a fight on a week's notice. They'll take a fight on three days' notice. If you're not in the UFC, even better. I will take a fight on two minutes notice to get into the UFC. If you are in the UFC and you're one of these guys on the, they have what, 600 guys on the roster. If you're one of these lowly rated guys, that's just like, Hey, geez, this is a chance for me to go out. And, and on top of all of that, right? All of the extra eyeballs. If I'm the fucking number 55th ranked guy in the division and I am not that good, or I'm an up and comer, I want to take advantage of this opportunity because, yeah, just like Pat was saying about earlier, if this was no circumstances around this UFC Brasilia event, how many people would have watched you know, Malaki versus Veronica Macedo? How many people would have watched these lowly rated fighters on the card? They probably would have skipped the prelims and, and, you know, the casual fans, they're not really on board with this card. But instead, you got a ton of people watching. So anybody who competes right now, it's good for their brand. You don't think that Charles Oliveira just gained a whole bunch of new fans from putting on a sweet fight? Um, you know, and having all those extra eyeballs on them. So not only are these fighters hungry to compete for financial reasons, but for anybody who's trying to work up, you know, their own personal image, it's like they want to take advantage of the situation as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I can see this week's card, the what would have been UFC London, not going. Yeah. To give themselves extra preparation so they can make sure that they have stuff in place the next two weeks. I, that would be my prediction of what happens. That makes sense to me. I yeah. Then I, you have I was testing telling time. you last night when you were like, oh yeah, you know we're gonna have the card next week, and I was just like, I think there's, and this was before like the announcement of uh, of it not taking place in London. I was just like, I think there's a less than fifty percent chance that this card actually happens. But it would make sense too, because like I mean, the the one problem that they may encounter is that they cancel. They might feel that if they cancel one card, they'll kind of be strong armed to canceling the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But it would make a lot more prudent sense to do this responsibly to say, hey. Here are the fighters that we have in Las Vegas. And, like, it's not like the UFC doesn't have money. They have private jets. It's not like they're asking Woodley to get on, like, commercial flights. Dana, they can go fucking pick people up. Dana brings to. in snow into the fucking desert in Vegas for his kids on Christmas Day. He's got lots of money. Yeah, but, like, if, if the UFC... By, by Dana brings in snow, do you mean cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> but... If you have, like, private planes that you have and still have access to and the pilots are good to go do it, you can go pick up fighters from all around. And then like, if you try to test people on Wednesday, there's we've seen the rate of results for these tests coming back. It's not quick. But if you try to schedule something for the following Saturday and then you give yourself, like, 
10 to 14 days to test people and figure this out and actually confirm that people don't have it, then I think it like makes a lot more sense. And you put that goodwill out there that you're actually doing this safely. Because if it seems like you're not doing it safely and you're rushing it just to get a product, I think that's where a lot of this backfires. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I don't know if they're going to try to rush it. Like, I think what you guys are saying makes sense. I think the likelihood of this card happening is probably less than it actually going through. But I got a gut feeling it's going through because where there's a will, there's a way. And also, the UFC hasn't just, it's not like it's an NHL game or a football game where it's like we're constricted to the fact that these guys got to go play an entire match and we need a big place to fit it. It's like you could really do it anywhere. The Apex makes the most, center, uh, the most sense. But think about how many times they've ran the Ultimate Fighter, how many times that they've ran Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. It doesn't have to be a full card. It could literally be five fights. Dana White and them, they, they, they put on cards for those Contender Series where you've not heard of anybody on this card. Or that's a lie. You know, you've heard of a couple of prospects here and there. But for the most part, it's like, geez, where do they wrangle up these guys for this fight? But they're there and they're fighting. And not only are you watching it, you're betting on it too, right? That's it's a product purely based for people that want to gamble on something. So they don't have to say, like Paul was mentioning, let's say this UFC London card was a twelve fight card, and right off the hop they're like, damn, we just lost eight of the fights. Well, what do we got left? We've got four fights left. Okay, then just go get two local guys from Las Vegas. And again, if we test these guys on Wednesday and it's a two-day turnaround, then we know by Friday if they're clean, which is coincidentally the day they got to weigh in. Oh, they're clean. They weigh in. They go back to their quarantined area, whatever it may be. And uh, and then, yeah, you fight the following day, right? You get it done. It's easy. It's in and out. They could even do something where they say use lower-end prospects instead of these high-end contenders or anything like that, like it doesn't have to be Woodley versus Leon Edwards. It could just be those Jack Marshmans of it. Uh, of course, he's from the UK, but I just mean like a lowly rated guy on that card yeah. for, as an example, and just tell them, you know what, just for safety reasons, you only get one cornerman. So I can't, I can't fly you in with a team of two, three guys. You're going to have your one key coach. And people can't say that's unfair because like I've been to so many events where you only were allowed one coach. One guy's allowed to enter the cage at a time. And these guys will still go out there and they'll still compete. Like that's not going to be the difference maker, but at least that way you cut down on the amount of people there. If it's only a five fight card and there's 10 fighters, they each get a corner man. That's 30 people. Our production teams, an additional 10, 15 people. Now you have 40, 50 people in there. That, that can't be considered dangerous. Is it as long as you're testing them and there's, there's 50 people like that's a low end gathering here. Word on the street, Colby Covington. The great American winning machine stepping into it. He says, word on the street is at Leon Scott, which he calls uh, um, uh, Leon Edwards. I guess there's like a gay, I think it's like a gay porn star or something. Uh, <laughs> that, that like he pretends that he so, so, that, so that's guy. on brand for that's, him? That's on brand for him. So he basically like makes fun of the guy because he's like, nobody knows who this guy is. Uh, word on the street is at Leon Scott is out. The at UFC and America need a hero. Who wants to see America's champ put on put the hashtag mega cape and beat the fuck out of Tyron Woodley live on ESPN this week for your personal entertainment and pleasure? Colby Covington stepping in. He wants it. He he sees the ad. They will they will let Colby Covington fight, even if it's a three fight card. Go on, Pat. Yeah, show, there's... You, you know who they could probably get rid of if we're trying to like, like, because you're gonna have to make certain sacrifices on the production team. I think they can get rid of like Bruce Buffer, the ring announcer guy with no fucking fans there. I mean, Buffer like, who, wasn't who, even there last who, night. It was uh, Joel Martinez. Yeah, but like, why do you need him? Who the fuck is he hyping up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. Need, yo, you don't need. You don't need ring card girls. You don't need that. Let's be honest here. Like, it's 2020. You don't really need them anyways. But. Uh, like you can definitely cut down on the amount of people that you have there and just yeah, keep it as a safe thing. At risk of the, the, the one, the one biggest thing is if you look at a, if you look at a basketball team, right? It's like those, they're all currently residents of that state for the time being for the season, even though you got Europeans and all that, like you, you're, you're currently living there. We're just fighting is a lot of foreign fighters flying in and out. That's what they'll have to stop. They'll just have to use local fighters for the time being and run a lot of more local cards. Yeah, like I said, if they do have access to private jets because you know they're owned by billionaires, 
that you can go pick people up across the country, not necessarily internationally, but I'm sure that they have enough money too, because I'm pretty sure like people own hotels as well, that like, hey, this is our quarantine hotel where we're putting up the UFC guys they are going to fight on our cards. And even if it is only a four or five fight card, then you know you block off three levels. You can provide a gym in there for people to go work out. There is a way to do it. It's very complicated and tricky to pull off, but the fewer amount of people that you have involved has to be the way to go. Yeah, and I think if you said, "Oh my God, we got to send out private jets, we got to rent out a whole hotel room, we got to do this, we got to do that," it's like, guys, this is this is getting an expensive, and it's a big task. It's like, yeah, but the carrot is that there's some bigger money to be made, and if that's the case, you know, the UFC is well staffed; like they'll do what needs to be done. The only thing is the negative press. Um, but again, like Paul was saying at the top of the show, the fucking company is based on negative press. Like it used to be the dirt on the bottom of your shoe. That's what people thought about it. Human cockfighting. These guys are half naked fighting in a cage. And now it's like, it's acceptable. And now that it's acceptable, they have to, they have to cancel and they have to do what's right. It's like, they're going to do with them. They're going to do what's, what's good for them. And this is a big opportunity. Dana White one time said that cyborg, cyborg looked like Vanderlei Silva in a dress and then proceeded to like mock her (laughs) in front of a fucking like scrum. Like Dana, Dana is not your uh, your David Stearns or your Gary Bettmans or even yeah. your Roger Goodell's. Like this guy, he doesn't he's, he's, he doesn't live his life by the same he's rules. He's Vince McMahon, except he gives, he gives less fucks than Vince. Yeah, McMahon. he does. Well, Vince is also yeah, he does. He does, but like okay, maybe not Vince McMahon in real life. Vince McMahon, who's on wrestling. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's Dana in <laughs> real yeah, life. Yeah. Is Vince's like persona on like you're fired, yeah. Mister McMahon, basically. Yeah, when he's feuding with. Yeah, Stone but Cold. if you, if you, if you tweeted Vince McMahon, man, Raw's been horseshit the last month. Like, what are you doing? You, this is garbage. That would be as far as it went as far as communication. And he's he's the kind of guy with a big ego that might take it out on a screenwriter, might fire somebody and be like, hey, you know what? Some fan, not some fan, the fans don't like the direction it's going. I'm, I'm going to shake things up. If you tweeted Dana White, this card's dog shit, he'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> like, he would reply to tell you to go fuck yourself and doesn't care about losing a fan. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it's an extreme sport, right? And it, you think about it, right? This doesn't change anything just because it's the only sport right now. It's a niche sport. It's always been a niche sport. It will always be a niche sport. It just happens to be that it's the only sport on right now, and therefore, it's not niche anymore. It's fucking popular currently. But, but yeah, they, they, they're still going to operate beyond the confines of the way they've always done things, I believe. Leon Edwards is out, by the way. Like, officially. Oh, yeah. Here's, here's the last thing I want to throw on there, too, right? Dana now has to... He now has to answer to his bosses because he's not completely calling the shots. He's got to look at it like, man, I got WME and like uh, there's, there's big investors. And I get that maybe somebody could get into his ear and say, hey, Dana, like maybe, maybe we should cancel. But those fucking idiots spend $4 billion on this thing. They're getting crunched. So they need to get a return on their investment and they're getting it right now. So it's like, let's just let the dog off the chain for a few more weeks and see how this thing plays out. That's what's happening. All right. I think that'll do it. Yep. On the Pat Mayo Experience slash Dogger Pass podcast crossover. I promise to all of the MMA and UFC fans out there, when it's time to break down a card, Pat Mayo, nowhere to be seen. It will be Paul and Cody. But if we're going to come on and recap stuff and I'm actually watching it, eh, I want to get it on the conversation. Absolutely. For sure. And yeah, we'll be doing. You more. don't need me we'll mispronouncing doing, names. We'll be doing more MMA content, obviously. Uh, if there's MMA fights going on, um, yeah, everything. The show, the show will go on. If not, it's going to be if Cody live from the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we yeah. had, we forgot to bring that up. It's like while the main eventers are about to take the walk, Cody posts. Uh, about to go take care of some real business. And I how believe do you- I have the picture up right now. And it's this motherfucker's about to about, about to jump onto a horse. Like, Cody, you are the most interesting man in MMA. Oh, I appreciate the kind words, my friend. How did the horse do? Yeah, good. So so we're racing him at Flambro, and uh, it's the maiden. He's, a, he's three years old, so he's only had four lifetime races. So he's still learning. We're still bringing him along. And the fastest that he had gone, he had gone two minutes and one second. It's a half mile track. It's not a full mile. So the times are a little slower. He'd gone 201 
his last four starts, he's made like 1300 bucks. And then, uh, and then last night, this race, like it was, uh, it was crazy. It went 56 and one, but he went his own personal mile in 58 and two. So he shaved off a full three seconds from his personal best time and just seemed way more interested in the race himself. Like he got stalled cover in front of him. So he had to tip too wide around him. And then that kind of pushed him back a little bit, but like very, very happy. Like I was going to sleep good regardless because, you know, I made a lot of people's nights and I had a good night myself, obviously, but, uh, old Barney Google, we didn't name him by the way. That's how we come old Barney Google put a big smile on my face. So he'll be racing in next week and uh, definitely looking forward to that. Good luck to what Bernie Google. You called him. Barney. Barney Barney like the purple dinosaur yeah right, Barney nice. Google it, see his his mom's name was Google Google so they retained the Google and then I don't know how he ended up with Barney but he is a big suck fucking big old son of a bitch hopefully he, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's gonna pull it together do you think Tim would call him Barney the Google absolutely I need I need Tim to put money on the rest of the field and then I don't <laughs> want that old Barney uh, I actually talked to a few of my horse racing betting friends. So, you know, if UFC goes away, maybe we had to start doing some horse racing betting. And it's not just Cam. I actually yeah. have some, like, super sharp people. Ben Raza. Yeah, he knows. He loves his ponies. And Cody. You know what? It? It's like we're we're basically back in, like, war times. <laughs> right? Everybody's on, everybody's on like, lockdown, horse racing. right? Right. All the supplies are out. Everyone's like suggested to stay home. Like all the services, like the 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 Boston uh, the Boston Marathon's canceled. Um, the St. Patrick's Day Parade canceled. If the Olympics get canceled, like that stuff only happens during wartime. And during wartime, it was only well baseball's out, but it was uh, basically prize fighting and horse racing. And that's where we stand, boys. Good time to be alive. Despite the fact that we're during currently dealing with a pandemic. Yeah, that that's the bad that's, that's the downside. The Just stay at home and be safe. Watch this show, watch some UFC, join the movie bracket, <laughs> rewatch. That's yeah. the whole thing. We're we're gonna be talking about sixty four movies, so there's sixty four movies you can go watch if you want to and really get engaged. But Cody Saftik, thanks for being on the line at CJ Saftik on Twitter, Paul Shag, the producer of the Pat Mayo experience. You've seen the switch in the camera here yep. as we talk. So we can bring these shows like I said the other day. It's like when the nuclear bomb yeah, went, we, went off in Springfield and Krusty had his own chair. When I say it's just the two of <laughs> yeah. us, it's literally just the two of us because I have a keyboard here that I have been switching the entire show while all of our equipment remains just, unmanned. Exactly. So at Paul Shag on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow, obviously me at the PME, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebooks. We got a ton of content coming out every single day for everyone. I told you about the draws for 100 DK bucks, the draws for 20 DraftKings dollars and go tell a friend spread the show around don't spread coronavirus spread the show that's what you should be spreading all right probably a mistimed joke but either way I'm Pat Mayo thank you all for watching tune in tomorrow I'll see you next time experience experience